Welcome to Young Gun, a podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. I'm Demetri Ravanis, a Bama grad. She is Lauren Brownlow, the biggest Panthers fan I know. And we are talking about the team with a spotlight on the new franchise quarterback. Uh, Lauren, there is no like gentle way to get into it this week. Like this was this was rock bottom for the team, period. Yeah, pretty much complete with the owner having a melt having a tantrum. Oh man, like a, like like, a toddler, like a little boy. Yeah, I mean, not, get, yeah. Not only the owner having to melt down like a little boy, but the GM next to him, like the frustrated babysitter that knows there is nothing he can do. And the uh, best to just run away from the people that he hurt. No, he's like the actual parent goals that we all have that don't do, where they're like, just ignore him. He's trying to get attention, sure. but you can't help yourself, especially when he's tantruming in public. And you're like, oh, you know, so, but he was just like, basically. Yeah. All right. We'll dive into all that in just a second. First, though, uh, it is a brand new year, so no better time than now to party with our friends over at Graffiti. They've got all kinds of cool stuff going on, even as the football season winds down. It is still the place to be for axe throwing tournaments, uh, just a night out with the friends, all kinds of great drinks that are changing all the time. The cool art on the walls. Plus, they do all sorts of fun promotions and party nights. If you have not been to Graffiti yet, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Dare I say, Lauren Brownlow, make it your New Year's resolution to spend some time there soon. Yes, they had their one-year anniversary recently, and I really am this Sunday. I'm going to I'm going to put it on here so that someone holds me to it. <laughs> I'm going to try to go on Sunday. It's just a confluence of things have happened to where I haven't yeah. been able to. But this Sunday, I think I want to try to make that happen, considering I only have one Sunday left to uh, drink in public while watching this team play football. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's dive into it uh, real quick. 158 East Cedar Street, downtown Cary. Uh, check out our friends at Graffiti. Lauren Brownlow, I'm going to make a declaration that might surprise you. I don't think Bryce Young was too short this week because if he were short, if he were too short, if he were too small, he would be dead after this week uh, behind that line for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Are they okay? Like, is that, it, it was something, I mean, honestly, I have seen a look as a Panthers fan, I've yeah. seen a lot of very bad offensive line play in my time. I've seen some even worse quarterback play, but this line is, I don't, atrocious feels nice. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I can't come up with another word other than hopeless because it does not feel like there is room to grow. Everybody is locked in for at least two more years. And obviously NFL contracts don't really mean what they do in other sports, but it really does feel like this is what we got. Period. The end. Well, it's going to yeah. be bad for a while then because, and like, I think and we've talked about this all year, even going back to the preseason, like what's happened to Icky? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't understand it. I know he's always been a better run blocker. I know there were always certain questions, but like, I do not see the same guy I saw last year. I just don't, or at NC yeah, State. No, I agree with obviously. you. Yeah, I just, I don't understand it. And I think that's, he's not the only problem, obviously. There are backups playing at a lot of positions too. I, I realize that and understand that, but he's been bad all year. And yet again, we see him like seemingly either not knowing who to block or completely like whipping his guy. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I've never seen him play worse in my life. 
the the Jaguars uh, radio pregame show does a segment called Behind Enemy Lines where they bring on somebody to talk about the opposing team. And I was I was the guest this week, right? Yeah, your team spent enough time behind enemy lines. What is it you're complaining about exactly? Uh, but uh, but they brought me on this week, and the 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 woman that was hosting is a uh, uh, named Mia O'Brien. She's a good friend of mine. She said watching the tape on this team, like I cannot help but wonder what is going on in the middle of the offensive line every week. And I asked her, like, you will have to explain it to me because I'm so focused on what the hell is going on with Icky every single week. That, right. And like, we're so focused has, on the ends of the line at times. That's, that, yeah. Right. Like there are problems everywhere. And He's I think right. the, Biggest one, and look, you and I have talked about this. That like, I think we agree, right? You don't make the trade up to number one to get Bryce if you don't feel like that left tackle position is secure. It obviously is. I mean, like this yeah. never got better all year long. Obviously, it is time to consider what the options are. And maybe the only option is stick with him, let him play through it. I don't know. And look, we've talked about this too, and I've seen it. I mean, you know, having covered – athletes for a majority of my life now, I guess. Oh boy. Uh, but having done that, like you do, you hear things behind the scenes. Like sometimes some people are going through things in their personal yeah. life, just like we do at work that can affect our work performance. You know what I mean? But with it, Icky, it's just been going on so long now that I'm genuinely like, okay, is this like a full on regression? Like, is this just who he is now? Cause we kept waiting and you know, I don't know, but it's, yeah, it just, it feels like this, is just what it is at this point and that's not good because what it is is like I mean it has a case to be made for the worst offensive Panthers like worst Panthers O-line I have ever seen and yep. like I said there have been some really awful ones yeah and I mean it is a big regression in terms of overall quality for all five it, it, for all five positions from last year to this year um the the term sophomore slump does not exist for no reason. And you certainly hope that that is part of what this is. But even if this is just a quote unquote sophomore slump, we are talking about getting back to, to what, like, you know, is, is the rookie year is the end of the rookie right. year when he was sort of at full strength. Is that the ceiling yeah. for the guy? I mean, I don't know if it is like, that's okay. It's certainly way better than what we've been getting this whole year. Sure. I mean, Every, like the best, the best games for Icky, I feel like were when we never noticed him. And what I always have enjoyed about Icky throughout his career is that he's the type of offensive lineman that will absolutely make you notice him for good reasons. Like right. he's he's a lineman you can watch because he'll go out of his way to just put a dude right on his ass. And I love that about Icky. And, you know, it's one of the things I love about like Chuba Hubbard right now, like watching him run, not to change the subject, but just saying like that's another. I like those kind of guys that clearly, you know, always want to give a little, give a little shot. A little, they they want to be physical. Yeah. Be physical. And, and, and I feel like when we're noticing Icky now, it's not for anything good. No, one, 100%. Each and every Thursday, there is a second episode of this show. It is the midweek talk through with me and a guest talking about what we saw the week before and what we anticipate going into next week. Uh, this Thursday will be the last one of the season. So make sure and join me, whether that is on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. It's the midweek talk through edition of Young Gun each and every Thursday. Uh, you and I sort of texted about this back and forth. We, we posted about it on Twitter, like clearly nothing we saw in the last two weeks mattered because you have talked about this before. There is no building with this team. There is no carried over uh, or at least no carryover that matters from one week to the next. 
I don't know which one sort of left me mouth agape more. The seven sacks <laughs> were, it, it wasn't just the fact that Jacksonville got seven sacks. It's that you knew one was coming. Every third down, you knew one was coming. Yep. Or the fact that on one drive, DJ Chark, had deep balls hit him literally in the hands three times and dropped all three of them. Yeah, that was disappointing, especially with as well as he'd been playing. Um, at least, I mean, Adam Thielen came back for a minute, so there was that. Yeah. That's literally all I got in terms of like what went well. No, that's um, that's 100% all there is. I mean, that first drive looked good until it stalled yes. all of a sudden. Uh, but there is no... I don't know. Look, maybe maybe you could make the argument DJ Chark, who they, they made uh, Spiro Didi's made uh, sort of a, a thing on the broadcast about the way Shaq Griffin left Jacksonville. You know, DJ Chark left Jacksonville that way, too. So maybe he had some internal pressure going on. But you don't see a guy have the ball hit him in the hands three, I think, three plays in a row. Right. And drop every single one of them. Yeah, I I don't recall having seen it ever and again i've seen some bad panthers wide receivers you know (laughs) and that's what's crazy too is like these guys on some level have all shown somewhere else that they're like capable of playing this position in the nfl one that's a difference between this core of receivers and past ones for the panthers is that like sometimes it'd be just some rando that you'd be like who what why is this a wide receiver that's starting for you? But right. for most of these guys, like you kind of get it. Although there are a few of those guys too, where you're like, who's that? Yeah. Um, After those first two that Chark dropped, I was just, I assumed the third one was an overthrow by Bryce because the cameraman got confused and then they showed the replay. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, that, that happened more than once, by the way. I think maybe he fell asleep. I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> there was a, this was pretty early in the game. There was a shot where it was like, is this an artistic choice? Is the camera supposed to be tilted like this? <laughs> For, uh, is, is the field supposed to be at an angle while I'm watching this? Listen, it we're was... getting the broadcast that we deserve right now. Okay, 1,000%. I wrote this down during the game, and I did think about it from the broadcast standpoint, but Lauren, to your point about we are getting the broadcast we deserve, we have become everyone in the NFL's get-right game including broadcasters at this point. I mean, look at, go ahead. We just suffered the ultimate indignity yesterday for me personally. What's that? We lost to a quarterback that played at Iowa (laughs) for Kirk Ferentz. And he looked competent. Yes. That should not happen. By the way, not only played at Iowa, has not started an NFL game in three years. But this is more more than that, Lauren. Like, the Jaguars were on a four-game losing streak coming into this game. The last two games, they had been outscored 59-16. to Travis Etienne, they mentioned at one point, the two games before this one had not broken 50 yards rushing uh, in a game, and he ran all over this team. Yeah, he sure did, didn't he? And the defense... Like the defense has been a trash can. Yeah. Cause that's what everybody was saying. And this is why, by the way, like when you go into a game week to week and you're like, oh, well, Team X isn't very good. Like the Panthers will have no problem. I've seen it far too often that, oh, well, sorry, the Panthers indeed do have a problem with that team. And that's the thing I think too that was so disappointing was like their defense was horrible. The offense has been having success. And you're like, okay, this is going to work out. And, 
doesn't work out. And like every single, and you know, it's to the point now where like people make fun of me. People have made fun of me for a long time that I'm too pessimistic. I'm so overdramatic when, when every time the Panthers do anything good, I just tremble in fear of like, what, what is going to, what, what flag lies on the field (laughs) that we haven't seen yet? What fresh horror awaits us now? Right. Well, this season has literally been like the manifestation of my broken brain playing out in front of us all. Now you know what I am constantly afraid of happening because like literally every time the Panthers got a big play offensively, it was like, cool, up, flag, bye-bye. Or like the next play, something awful would happen. It was just like, seriously, just you had a good thing and then you destroyed it. And why? You have so few of those. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a real, you can really understand this team's whole mindset this season by the fact that their kicker tweaks a hamstring and it was it was obviously in everybody's head after that first drive because that first drive obviously the after the first fourth down conversion they would have kicked a field goal if Pinheiro was healthy rather than go for it a second yeah. time on fourth and seven that seems to be a honestly I didn't hate that anyway no no I didn't hate it either I didn't hate it either because, yeah, to your point, like, so what? So you're going to lose 13 games this or 14 games this season. Who cares? Like, how is that any worse than losing 13 games? Um, It was just, boy, I mean, like this team, I don't think it was ever clearer how dependent they have been on Eddie Pinheiro than than Sunday. Did they they ever say anything about, I guess, like, don't want to discriminate here on kickers, okay? So, so sorry to Johnny Hecker if this is incredibly stupid. However, I was a little bit curious. Like, they had a linebacker kick off. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wait, why doesn't Johnny Hecker, like, can't he do a short field goal at least? Like, so, I don't know, man. Well, here's the thing. By the time I think they had made that decision, we were nowhere near a short field goal. They they said at one point later in the game oh, that, Johnny, that Johnny Hecker's range was from the 25-yard line. So whether that means a 35-yard field goal or what would it be, a 42-yard field goal, like snapping from the 25? I don't know, but it was... That's like an extra point almost. No, not quite, right? Yeah, barely. It's barely an extra point because the extra point's 33. Bro, you have a kicking leg. I mean, again, I know I probably sound stupid. However, you would think that like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, to be fair to Johnny, it's not like he wasn't busy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was like, he didn't want to mess with like his motion or like, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that, but I just thought that was so strange. Like I was like, huh, that's the linebackers kicking off? Like. Yeah. I've truly never seen it before where the punter cannot be trusted to uh, even attempt a field goal. Uh, If you have only experienced this show as a podcast or on YouTube, check it out on Origin Sports TV. You'll find us there each and every Tuesday night. At 7 p.m., Origin Sports is built into your TV. If you got a Samsung TV Plus, you could also find it on Roku, Zumo, and Amazon Freebie. Find Origin Sports TV and find Young Gun there every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. You alluded to it earlier, Lauren. We have to talk about it now. The video of Dave Tepper clearly dumping a drink on the people of Jacksonville. Something, by the way, the people of Jacksonville cannot be entirely unfamiliar with. Um, that's their love language. No, it's so embarrassing. I was, yeah, I was actually at a new year's Eve party. Um, by the time that happened, like an earlier one, by the time that happened and got a text from one of my friends and he was like, look at this clownery. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, (laughs) bro, 
really? Yeah. Like it was my immediate reaction. And also another reaction I had was, wow, men are so emotional. Scott Fitterer clearly has given up uh, on even remotely keeping Dave Tepper in check. I Scott had, Fitterer is like the a dead inside meme at this point. Just like, I kind of wondered. All right, so you saw in the video cuts off before we know exactly what happens, but you saw the Florida man clearly jumping, going for Dave Tepper. Like he Tepper knew was, what had Tepper happened. Tepper was quite fortunate that Florida man seemed to have a bit of a delayed reaction, almost like not quite yeah. delayed, but like a little bit. Like yeah. to where like you would think someone would just like shoot up right away, but it, it seemed to take him a second to be like, "Wait, did that just throw a drink on me?" Which well, like fair. Yeah, but but also to be fair, in Florida, it could be rain at any point, and it it would not surprise you. So you cannot blame the man for the delayed reaction. But the like turn and saunter away that Dave Tepper did was so. Oh no, you forgot the emphatically putting the cup back down. Oh right, 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 right. Just Uh, Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer wrote something this week. Uh, wrote something today. The opening line is something to the effect of is just no one allowed to tell Dave Tepper what a cartoon supervillain he sort of turned into at this point. I think that gives him a little too much credit, to be honest. I agree. When he put supervillain, like I thought, "Ah, that's supervillain. Come on. Supervillains have good plans. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Dave Tepper is just sort of an unrepentant. I wouldn't call him uh, a villain of any sort. He seems wildly out of touch. I, you know, this is one of those things where I would not blame the NFL or be sad at all if there was some sort of financial penalty for this. You oh, cannot have be. your team owners behaving like this, particularly in visiting stadiums. There's going to be. I forget. I saw um, Jonathan Jones from uh, CBS Sports was tweeting about it, and and I know that it's happened at least once with an owner doing something like that to a fan, and yeah. I think he got fined two hundred fifty thousand. So I think it's going to be. It's not going to matter to David Tepper, obviously, no. considering how much money he has. But obviously, his his little precious ego might be a little hurt. And then what See, will he do? What will he throw then? This is what this is what I think should happen is you're right. There is no amount of money that Dave Tepper is going to feel like, Oh, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do anything again. But if Shad Khan came out and said like to behave like that to my fans in my stadium is unacceptable. Like I would not do that. If we were losing like that in Charlotte, you know, think about all of the teams, uh, team owners that have had to go on the road and watch their team lay an egg the way the Panthers did yesterday. This does not happen. You know, if you are behaving like an adult, the guy has to be embarrassed in some way by his peer, by his peers. I need someone to come out with some sort of statement to be like, uh, you acted like a gigantic baby and you need to yeah. grow up. Yeah, and agreed. And, and look, I've said this all year long to you that like, I, I think that there is something to the Jaguars rebuild that Dave Tepper has in mind as like, that is the model to go about it so to speak. I think coming from Shad Khan, it would, it would sting because that guy took a, or I guess, you know, he got out of the way and let his football people take something that was at rock bottom uh, to now back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in 20 years. Like I, I do I think, think it would sting him more if you laugh at him. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Here's the thing though. Like, I think that if you laugh at a guy publicly, 
Um, someone like Dave Tepper will always fall back on, well, I have a billion dollars. How could you, how could anything you say be funny to me? Um, I think you got to embarrass him. I, I really do. My favorite response was from my friend, Sean Crest, who said he was just introducing the people of Jacksonville to carbonated beverages. And how dare you <laughs> besmirch my attempt to uh, bring this into your lives. It's it's true. He uh, has a way of bringing things to towns to just make them make them better. And why not a uh, a delicious uh, carbonated beverage for the fine people of North Florida? It's uh, actually don't... impressive the way he's literally come in here and in such a short time really set fire to everything good. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's I, I hard mean, to do that. Yeah. You, we talked about this a while ago, right? And I compared it to, you know, every time Elon Musk does something with Twitter that most of us go, well, that seems like a terrible idea, right? There is always this community of people that will be like, well, he's a billionaire. He must be smarter than you. How do billionaires get to the point where they don't even have those people coming up, coming up to, uh, to cape for them? Like Dave Tepper is loathed everywhere he goes in this state. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that, honestly, you know why part of it is. It's because, like, he's very condescending and he brings yeah, of big, he brings big carpetbagger energy here. And, like, the worst, the, the kind of carpetbagger that people don't like around here. Because, like, right. some of us are a bit more enlightened. We understand our, our northern brothers and sisters are going to be in Midwestern, <laughs> are going to be locating back down here. And that's okay. Sure. You know, it's a lovely place to live. So we're like, cool, welcome. But at the same time, like, don't talk to us like we're stupid. Yeah. Like, don't come down here and talk to us like we're just some backwoods country folk that you have to enlighten with your with your Wawa's and your Wegmans. I like Wegmans. No disrespect to what you know what I mean, though, like bring your northern things that are so much better than anything we have down here, like music and your knowledge. That's right. Let me let me bring you uh, you 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 simpletons. Billy Joel. That will. That will uh, ease the burden of Southern stupidity. Right. Uh, don't forget that uh, we need your help to spread the word about this show. Like and subscribe wherever it is you are listening, be it on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Also, leave a rating and a review. That puts Young Gun in front of new eyeballs. Uh, we are counting on you to help us spread the word. So wherever it is you are listening, take the time to rate, review, uh, and subscribe to the show. Uh, last game of the season next week. Uh, obviously meaningless. You will have Tampa playing for a division title, or at least to still be a part of the division title conversation. What do you do with Bryce Young and why? You have to just play him at this point. Why not? Why, why do you have him? to? I think they've come, like, if they were going to bench him because this team is so bad and the O line is so bad, I think they would have already done it, honestly. Yeah. And so I think at this point, like, I don't think Bryce as well would want to go out the way he went out. Now, does that mean he couldn't go out worse? Nope. <laughs> nope, sure doesn't. I'm not saying that. However, yes. I'm sure like Bryce as a competitor, knowing a little, I mean, we saw Bryce lose his cool too. Yeah, of um, course. At himself, it seemed like based on what we were hearing, yep. like he, he felt like he missed the throw. But at the same time, like, you know, I mean, again, it's nice to see that there are emotions in there. We've seen that more of him lately, and it's only natural. Like, he's a human being, and this has been really hard. And I'm sure he blames himself a lot. I'm sure he probably has frustrations at his teammates. That, Like, I heard they said on the broadcast that he, like, gathered the offensive line and was like, we're better than this or something like that. Or, like, we can play, you know, we, we can do this. Like, we are. And I'm like, bless you. Like, do you yeah. really still think that? 
I mean, look, we've we've talked about this all season. It is hard to go up a level, no matter what sport it is, no matter what the level it is. You are jumping. I think I would like to see Bryce play just because I think it would be good for his confidence to get that second shot at a team he's already played, yeah, where he feels like he at least has some familiarity with what it is they are going to try and do to him. That being said, I don't know. Like, if it, if it's not going the Panthers' way, I don't know why you need to keep him in there. Just Oh, I don't disagree with that. Like, if they start getting blown out, yeah. Like, just take him out at that point. Like, Andy Dalton's not doing anything. That's be okay. <laughs> That's right. You uh, don't get the paycheck for one full game. We could at least uh, use a few more snaps. I I, I thought coming off of uh, coming out of the victory against Atlanta, I, I thought there was a chance for a push here. And I'm sure that members of the team did too. Bryce, who I think you and I both agree has not had the optimism entirely beaten out of him yet. Um, probably thought oh, there early. was a chance for a push here. I, I, I don't know. If I'm him, I don't know how you walk into the facility on Monday and look that offensive line in the eye. I I just don't. And that's what it is I I worry he's bringing into the game on Sunday. I I always, like, I don't know. I always envision him sometimes, like, just the energy of, like, Tom Hanks in a league of their own. Trying not to (laughs) yell at at Evelyn. That's right. Walking in, telling telling Dave Tepper that he looks like a penis with a little hat on. And True. (laughs) <laughs> well, without the hat, I guess. He doesn't yeah. really wear hats. 